Welcome to the Lore Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this season three, we focus on small and big changes that will advance our well-being, personal and professional lives. On today's episode, we discuss daily wellness habits. We're asking ourselves and our guest, Rachel Shipper, how can we create and stick to a practice that will keep us well? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. It's a beautiful sunny Friday. It is. is It's been a fine January month in terms of Canadian uh, winter, which has been great. I feel very grateful and happy for all of this. Well, in Toronto, although my my people back in Alberta with their minus 50 this week Celsius. That hurts. That's an ouch. That's not that's not good. (laughs) That's not the kind of winter that I want. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in Ottawa and that's the kind of cold mm-hmm. that like you step outside and you, and you can't help but kind of feel angry. Yeah. And your face freezes kind of. It does. No, it definitely does. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. Anyway. Not a nice feeling. For those who live in warmer climates, uh, not a feeling you need to experience, I don't think, to, to fully live nope. your life. Gives you some grit though, I feel. Some toughness. You know? Yes. Mental toughness, toughness that we're all trying to build, right? right. Mm-hmm. Discipline, which is something we will get to in our Rachel conversation, which we just had, and it was lovely. What a lovely, oh, intelligent, well organized with her thoughts. Individual, you'll hear me fawn over how she gives very clear lists. <laughs> very, oh my very God. clear instructions in list format. Basic small things to do. Yeah, it was great, and yeah. I, I think the reason that we wanted to bring Rachel onto the podcast is because she had started a business focusing on lawyer wellness um, quite a while back before it became as much of a um, popular topic as it is now, or we think it is now. She's an early adopter. Early adopter, yes. Before the Lawyer Life podcast, there was Rachel Shipper working in lawyer wellness. (laughs) And she brought to us both some reasons why it was a struggle in the beginning to get lawyers onto this wellness train um, and mm-hmm. she and I have, are, we share interests in making this better. Um, and so in bringing her onto the oh, podcast. Oh, I don't share that interest, Darlene? Oh, yes, that's no, great. I'm bringing you and her. I'm glad you found someone who finally <laughs> shares your interest. Oh, that's great. I'm so happy for you. As soon as I said that. Oh, no, I'm not hurt at all. No, that's fine. Why don't I just leave and you can call Rachel. You two are so aligned. So what I was going to say, and I should have said it better, I said, I was going to say that in the summer, we wrote this article together. And as I was talking to her, I thought, you know, Rachel needs to meet Mike, we need to have a discussion on the podcast. Uh uh Because... Because we need to have this conversation. Anyway, she is uh, quite a wealth of information. And I really enjoyed the chat. And I enjoyed your enjoyment of her lists. Well, that's great. I'm glad. Before we get to that, though, we need to follow up on our challenge from last week. Yeah. So last week, we talked about uh, leadership um, and, uh, and emotional intelligence, diligent practice, self-reflection, feedback. And we challenged ourselves to focus on one attribute um, to get to work on our own EI, emotional intelligence improvement plan. Mm-hmm. Darlene, you chose listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you asked me specifically for feedback. But first, <laughs> do you want to talk about your listening stuff? Um, yes, I think it's just for me, um, I'm very comfortable talking. And I, I think that I'm also simultaneously quite uncomfortable with silence and pauses. And I've realized that about myself. I don't think other people maybe share that. Some people do, some people don't. Um, and I really admire it when people are good with the pause. Actually, you're quite good with the pause, which I admire. Um, but I tried it this week to just let it let there be pauses. And I learned a lot. I actually, you know, I learned, first of all, it's hard for me. And I think sometimes the point of challenges is to notice when things are hard for for us. Um, And just, I want to improve this. It's something that it's on my uh, list of goals for this year. So in getting through the hard stuff, I would say in a lot of my meetings this week, I learned more than I probably usually learn. But I'm very interested in your feedback also. So go ahead. I'm, I'm ready for it.
Uh-oh. Uh, you passed the test. <laughs> I did. Okay, you cut out for a second there. Oh, you were pausing. Oh, no. I thought the, that was so good. I thought the audio was off. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes there are legitimately problematic pauses in the Lawyer Life podcast. No, good job. <laughs> okay, very good. No, um, I, I, I genuinely think that uh, I, you, you were a wonderful listener for me. Even though we had limited conversation this week, you, were, you did a great job. And I, and I could tell you're intentional about trying to, to improve that. So well done, Darlene. I am proud Thank of you. Thank you. Gold but star. also, keep yeah. it, you have to keep me on task on that point going forward in some sort of diplomatic okay. way. But anyway, not to put too much responsibility on you. But anyway, just a, a little point. Dip, diplomat. Diplomat. Yes, away. perfect. How about you? How was uh, your challenge? Uh, I don't know if this qualifies. You can tell me, but I have been focused. I decided to focus on um, being very present, calm, open-minded, focused on the other person that I was speaking to whenever I was doing it. And I, this, it's not like every single time I had a conversation with somebody for the last week I was able to do this. But um, when I we reminded myself that that's what I was working on, found it to be very useful. And I think we, conversations have a type of energy, uh, I think. Uh, oh, sound the hippy dippy alert. Um, but um, I noticed that as if I got into a conversation with somebody who was a bit uh, amped up, stressed out because of the workday or personal whatever, and if I was very kind of very calm and, and present and open-minded and slow that helped that that I could see that influencing mm. them and so it's not only not only was it good for me because I was having better conversations and I was open-minded and so on but I think it also changed the dynamic of the conversation to a, a place where we both were uh, channeled into something a bit more calm and present than otherwise of just like firing through a chat well you know how I feel about calm <laughs> And also calm is yeah. contagious, as we talked about with the Navy SEALs uh, statement. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. Really cool. Mm -hmm. Good that you put oh. it into practice. Very cool. Thank you. And speaking of cool, uh, I want to introduce everybody to Rachel. So Rachel is a lawyer turned business person and wellness expert. Basically, she's been a wellness expert from birth and definitely uh, the pre-Kale era, she tells us. She combines extensive training and experience in wellness and the, in the corporate world to provide relatable practical solutions and unique insights. And I can tell you those solutions are practical. You're about to hear a, a good lot of them. Um, she's helped people at top law firms, law schools, financial institutions, consulting firms. She's on the faculty at the Practicing Law Institute for her work in corporate wellness, has served as the director of business development for a global sales um, of a wellness consumer goods company. Um, and you'll find her stuff everywhere. She's had her thought leadership in Lexpert, the Globe and Mail, the Huffington Post, uh, and she's a currently a business development consultant and mother of two young girls. Uh, she loves F45, which we'll learn about. I didn't know what it was, but it's this uh, exercise uh, team-oriented thing. And uh, she also loves essential oils, which you'll hear her talk about a couple of times. And she, it was the first point of conversation that we had with her um, today. So all that to say, here is Rachel Shipper. <laughs> excited to be on your podcast. Can I tell you why? Yes. Um, I like that you guys are doing this informally. I feel like sometimes the really important discussions happen in a really formal way. And when you're trying to be super perfect, you lose a lot of the, the gems that come out when you're just oh, kind of nice. chatting. So I think this is really great. I'm not surprised people are listening. Yeah. Congrats on your award. Thanks. Thank Speaking you. of gems, I love from your bio the reference that you uh, were a you know a wellness expert even in the pre-kale era. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a trivia question that I've asked Darlene before on the podcast about kale? Are you interested in that? Yeah, I'm like a little worried about my trivia capacity, but let's do it. Um, pre-kale craze. What major restaurant uh, used ordered the highest amount of kale? Huh. Pre-kale, what rest? Probably like McDonald's or something really unexpected. What is it? Close. It was Pizza Hut because on their like buffet, they used kale as like a garnish to make it look healthier. 
They, it was never. That's eaten. what they put all the vats of sauces in, right? It was like, it was like on the ice everywhere on the yeah. ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah. on the pizza buffet, the lunch buffet. That's right. Mm. I actually think for most of my childhood, vegetables were decorative. They were not <laughs> intended to be eaten. They were those beautifully cut carrots beside the pile of Chinese right. sauce that you would just move to the side and then return and probably got washed and reused for the next customer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, oh, my gosh. How far we've come. How far we've come. Right? Speaking of how far we've come. Today, we're so excited to get some tips from you on how we can develop you know, a regular, great wellness practice for ourselves individually. We're so happy to benefit from your expertise in that way. So to start, can you just walk us through your journey in the wellness space? You've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. So it's funny. When I, when I was starting on my wellness journey, and I'm going to take it back pretty far. I mean, I was doing workout videos in my parents' basement when I was 14. And I remember juicing things and trying to find organic produce back when organic produce was, you know, the two brown crumpled up oranges at Noah's health food store. Um, And And so my life as a lawyer and business person and my interest in well-being, physical, emotional, uh, mental well-being were always really separate. Uh, And sometimes I felt like I lived a double life, you know, especially when I was practicing law in New York, uh, I would be, you know, cranking out those, those long hours, 80 to 100 hours a week, but I would always you know, have a couple essential oils in my desk. I would go to yoga before the day started uh, and and often, again, grab, you know, some time to clear my brain in the middle of the day and was always drinking green juice. So they were really separate. And then they, there started to be almost like, um, like a collision course where I was looking around me and I just saw so much suffering. And I kind of thought that everyone knew all the basic things you do to take care of yourself. And I mean really baseline. And I started to notice that more and more people were coming by my office asking me questions about, you know, I've got this pain or do you know anything about this diet or even just I cannot figure out, you know, how to have a you know, relationship with my boyfriend or my girlfriend when I'm working like this. And the themes were pretty loud. And so I really just started to pay attention to that. So basically, were they observing that you seem to be holding your cool through the through the crazy work week? Or what was it? Did they just know that you went to yoga? Or why do you think people were coming with those questions? It's funny. For a while, I felt like kind of a misfit in the law world because I was having a really good time (laughs) and I was really healthy. I was a little bit less serious um, than than your typical lawyer. But then on the other on the other hand, you know, my my uh, yoga wellness nutritionist community was just like, why are you working like that? Why are you so serious? It's just crazy. Uh, And I was finding that people on both sides um, you know, of this double life um, had a, a hint that there was this whole other part of my life and they were curious about it. I didn't get quite as many questions about the law from my yoga friends, but I definitely got a lot of questions about wellness from uh, from my lawyer friends. I think people just kind of know, you know, everyone's got their spidey sense. We just don't always turn it on. Well, and what's interesting, you and I wrote an article uh, together that talked about just sort of basic things that people can do. And one of the things that you had observed um, as we were preparing that article um, which we can link to in the show notes, obviously. Um, but you mentioned that as you got into this, you realized that lawyers are actually very hard to help. And there were some maybe uh, some reasons for that that you can outline that I think would be useful to listeners because um, I think we are all are good students. So I think we know what to do. You know, Mike and I are aware of some of the things that have to be done. And um, I wonder what do you when you first started out doing lawyer wellness uh, pre kale and pre this being a buzzword with all of the uh, the firms and the professional development teams. What were you seeing that made it so challenging for lawyers to just put this stuff into their day? So one of the things that I 
that I noticed um, with lawyers, and one of the reasons I found them and still find them, you guys are the, the toughest bunch of people to help feel well, uh, is that one of the thing that makes us, that drives us into the profession oftentimes, and that makes us really good at what we do, is that this is a really, you know, often a really neck up profession. You need a lot of your brain power or we think we need a lot of our brain power, the way we've done things for a long time. And you're missing out on the vast majority of your resources if you're only, you know, kind of leveraging your resources from your neck up. Um, you make a really important point that advice from non-lawyers or people who have left the practice of law um, without you know, sort of thinking that's not a workable life. I mean, Mike and I very much try to be bringing this from a perspective of um, what helps us in the trenches day to day. And I think that's what's resonant, right? It's like when you when you can go into a room and talk to people and say, here's what I did when I was at my desk at the firm in New York, and it worked for me. It's a lot more powerful than, um, you know, speculating as to what might be useful from from outside. I think there's something to that. Well, and I think that, you know, we're also taught that from, you know, the first semester of law school, there are lawyers and everyone who isn't a lawyer is a lay person. <laughs> and that dichotomy kind of sticks in some ways. Um, and so I think that that resonance is really important. And I, I felt strongly compelled frankly, to help my people. I felt really sad about what I saw. Totally. I And I saw so much suffering. And I'm certainly, I certainly wasn't immune to it. Um, but I, I was aware that I had, uh, that I was using a different toolbox than what most of my colleagues were using. You know, I remember a Sunday, I went into the office, which was not atypical. And I had such a great life. I had this beautiful apartment in New York, I was dating such a lovely man. Um, I had great friends. I was really excited about my work. But I went in one day and I just, like I had to shut my door. I just couldn't stop crying. And I started to feel like a hostage in my office. I was like, well, I can't get down the hallway. Like I was just sobbing. And I started to think about the awesome people I was working with and the struggles that we were all having and that this was really, really broken. Mm -hmm. And so I started to make some different choices for myself and, you know, when you're asking what the biggest thing was, I mean, I was always really into this, but the thing that helped me be the most disciplined about my well-being is when I was working the hardest I've ever worked in my life. And you really have no choice. Like you're, it's, it feels very sink or swim. And, and so this, that sort of brings me to what the second thing is that makes it harder to work with lawyers, I think, than other people. Because it's funny, I'll do the same workshop at a law firm at a consulting firm, like some of the big firms where you think, you know, equally type A, super stressed out. Um, and the, the tenor in the room is completely different and the follow-up is completely different. The level of engagement from my non-lawyer clients is easily more than double what it is from my lawyer hmm. clients. Do you, do you um, think that it, lawyers resist it because they feel like it's just impossible like there's no way, you know, do people think there is no way that I in my 12 hour workday plus, you know, kids plus home plus whatever else I have going on can add another thing, especially a thing I don't know and understand. And so they just close, are closed off to the idea from the outset. Um, no, I think there's two things. I think there's two things. So one is most things that are really good for your health are super easy. And because they're so easy to do, they're also easy to skip. I'm going to suggest some things today. And it is, it's going to be so easy for you to skip them because there's such little things to do. So I think that the, you know, the I can do hard things lawyer mentality, because we can and we do every day. We solve impossible problems for our clients. Um, I think that that undermines us when it comes to how simple and straightforward taking care of your health is. We're like, well, it's not hard enough, so it must not be that huh. valuable. 
That's a very interesting observation just to jump in because so many times I see people in the law profession that have been inactive or whatever. And then you see them and they're like, well, I'm training for a half marathon and I will, I will out myself, but I have been this person. <laughs> and it's sort of like this idea that you've got to introduce some big challenge or it's not, you're not going to do it or something. There's a feeling that people need, you know, momentum or a big goal, but actually what you need are daily habits and, and that's it. I mean, if there's one takeaway from this call, it's that you need routine and discipline and then you have freedom. And that's it. Routine, discipline, freedom. It's very, very simple. And sometimes it seems that it's so simple that you could just skip it. And that's the problem. The other problem is, um, I think, around fear. You know, where our job primarily is to mitigate risk for our clients. And it's you start to think about the world in that way. In law school, I remember in law school, literally thinking like my brain was being scrambled. I actually joke about this with my husband, who's also a lawyer. He said his brain was never scrambled. It was always like that. He just fit in (laughs) with the crowd so well. But mine was fully scrambled in law school and really kind of reoriented. And you start seeing the world from a risk perspective. And the thing about being, you know, so mindful of risk is that often the things that we need to help us grow are on the other side of fear. So you know, and I know, and I I think a lot of people get that while, you know, it makes sense to have a lot of brain power as a lawyer and to value that mental agility, that if you are not tapping into your intuition, you're not you're, you're not showing up as fully or as powerfully as you could. But that's a big mental leap to say, I'm going to let go of this, w- this safe way of doing things and I'm going to try and be more intuitive. Uh, I'm going to try and tap into some of my other reserves. And, and I think that part of shifting into a you know, wellness as a business driver instead of wellness as a basically as a drag or something expensive in time or money, um, is is a shift for a lot of people. That's tricky. It's scary. Yeah. Darlene and I have have talked about this. She hates my analogy, and I continue to use it because she hates it. <laughs> Taunting um, me. And it, 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 yeah, I talk about it like you have to you have to take the Ferrari into the you know you have to upkeep it and oil changes and blah 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 because it's a it's a it's a high functioning car but it still needs to be upkept, um, just like our brains like you know we are wor- working with them all the time we feel really good about you know our our minds and our brains professionally but we still have to feed um, you know that equipment we still have to upkeep that tool and so on so you. Speaking about step one, routine, how can we start to build one that allows us to keep really sharp brains that will help us professionally and personally? Yeah. um, So routine is everything. And honestly, a lot of what I do is literally sitting down with people and helping them come up with a routine that is simple and then having some accountability to build this into a habit. So it takes 21 days, right, to make a new habit. I actually hear all different numbers, but I've right. decided 21 days is the number. <laughs> so that's what I'm going with. Because it's a, it's a manageable amount of time, right, to stick with something for 21 days. Um, and so there's a few different things that I think are really important. Do you want me to just share maybe what I do for my routine, like what my yeah. basics are? Because they're super – I mean, they're they're it's going to bore you guys. It's stuff you already know, but probably not stuff you do daily. Um, so. Number one, start off the day with a glass of water. I like to put either fresh lemon or a drop of lemon oil in my water. I do this. I do not. <laughs> As Amazing. every listener of this podcast knows. <laughs> it's so oh, let's funny. Do this. Mike one, Darlene zero. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. We'll see where this ends up. I'm just going to keep the tally. Um, so that's a huge one. And sometimes it doesn't happen right away. I mean, we all have young kids. There's I would say 80% of the time, I do not wake naturally. Some little person crawls on me, wants something, and it's very easy to get to 9 a.m. and have not had a glass of water, a coffee, anything. And Mm -hmm. obviously by then, I'm just like, give me the coffee. Um, But that glass of water, easy to do, easy to skip. Um, So I do that. 
Uh, I make sure that I'm eating a bunch of vegetables sometime before noon. I don't care if it's in a smoothie or if it's what I if I if it's included in my lunch. But I know that the phytonutrients that give vegetables that their color, their smell, they protect the vegetables in like in nature, and they do the same thing for me. And so as long as I can do that before noon, then whatever else happens during the day, and I do regularly eat cheese for dinner almost exclusively, whatever else happens during the day, I know I've given myself <laughs> almost a good start. exclusively. <laughs> can I ask you a, a, a follow up question on our tally yeah. here? I do uh, mixed berries, like blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, every every morning be- before noon. Does that count? Well, as veggies. I'm going to ask you, Mike. I, are are those veggies? <laughs> no, but they have green. <laughs> Let's break it down real simple. Mike likes Going simplicity. Yeah, I so half okay. a point though. In, a point. in fairness Fair. to Mike, half a point because that is like phytonutrients and stuff, right? But yeah. not the same. No, berries have uh, the great thing about berries mostly is the antioxidants. Um, but I, no, they're not vegetables. So. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, mark me down for half a point because I do put kale in my smoothies, but I would say I don't have it every day as a rule. It's just, if I have a smoothie, there's something like kale or spinach in it, but it's not a rule. So I wouldn't get a full point either. Okay. But I like the idea. So it's, and it's super easy, but again, easy to do, easy to skip. And I'm going to keep coming back to that, this discipline, routine, freedom. The things that you want are on the other side of the basic building blocks and that's it. It's not more complicated. Um, so we got water, we got veggies. Uh, I'm pretty diehard about my supplements. Um, I, the days that I skip them, I feel it. I found ones that I really love after literally spending thousands of dollars over the years and have this like closet of vitamins I don't take but bought and I don't know what to do with. Um, but I've got a trio that really works for me and I do not skip them. Okay. I don't get any points, but I should, the time yeah. I would say the times in my life when I have um, diligently taken supplements, I think that that's true. And some of them are, you know, important for brain power. And I think it's specific to each person, what you need, Mike. Every morning with my berries, guess what I take? What? Vitamin supplements. <laughs> Wait, I take vitamin C every day. Does that count? That's only one. That's to not get colds because we live in Canada where it's just, that's a thing. Every, this is like a, a points negotiation with you guys. Yeah, I love it. Competitive. And, <laughs> just case in point, why are lawyers difficult to work with? Well, Exhibit A. I do 20% of this. So can I have some, can I have that amount of the point? Um, I love it. So why don't we finish the plan? And then we can talk about execution, like a bit of an insurance policy. So you've got water, veggies, supplements. I mean, it's like, you guys know this, right? Maybe you need to know, how do I pimp my water? Or like, which veggies or which supplements? But if you just go basic, you know, it's better than nothing. Um, So the other two are movement. Any kind of movement. I happen to be addicted to F45 right now, but sometimes my movement is taking my kids to school and I just run with the stroller for the seven minutes it takes me to get there. You know, there's a lot of, you can have a lot of stagnant energy in your body if you're just sitting all the time. And moving your body is a great way to move your energy. You think more clearly and it's a really nice, you know, flush for your whole system if you get your heart rate going, get a bit of a sweat. And it can be anything. And cor- Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think oftentimes people think this means like a workout every day or something super intense, but it, it is just literally moving your body. It can be, you know, short walks, like scheduled short walks from your office to the water thing yeah. or whatever, or, you know, even um, moving your feet when you're sitting at your desk. Like there are a number of, it doesn't have to be huge. And so I think that it's intimidating to think that we have to work in, you know, these big physical things into our days, but they actually can be relatively small. You just have to do them. Yeah, for yeah? sure. Yeah. And you know, here um, in the Gold Ship House, that's um, a combo of my last name and my husband's last name, um, very PC of us. Mm-hmm. When we were really in the trenches with the kids being super small, which we're, we're just barely out of, um, 
we found that the best way to make this happen was to put some music on in the morning when it's already mayhem. You know, it takes like an hour to get kids clothes on. You just try and get yourself dressed at the same time. Um, and so we would literally put on some music. The kids would crawl on him and he would do, you know, 10 push ups with two children crawling on him while I'm dancing around. I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta be kind of creative and not have, it doesn't have to be perfect. St- you know, letting go of perfection is so liberating and so healthy. Just move, put on a song. It's all good. Um, and then the last one, and this is probably the most important one. Every day I train my mind. So I, I know um, we've talked about meditation. I really enjoyed that podcast you guys did with Sarah Robertson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was laughing when uh, Mike was saying, you know, it's hippy dippy, basically anything hippy dippy, you can bet I was there like as soon as it even emerged <laughs> on the scene. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Except interestingly for this one, there was a practice that came out about 10 years ago. And I remember when it came out, it's called tapping. It was uh, really made popular by this guy named Nick Ortner. And he was doing the rounds on Oprah. And I think Dr. Mark Hyman talked about him. He was on the Dr. Oz show. And at the time, I remember thinking, I, I have done all the hippy dippy there is. This is a bridge too far. <laughs> no tapping. <Just> tapping. <laughs> and it came back into my life around when um, I was expecting my second kid. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And so what it is, it mixes positive psychology and the meridian points. So meridian points are different energy points around your body, uh, according to Chinese medicine. And you literally tap on different energy points. So middle of your forehead, side of your hand, while saying things either out loud or in your head. So you are you are retraining your mind with positive thoughts or, you know, shifting whatever, whatever thought pattern is, seems relevant to you. This is so easy. Again, seems so easy that it would be easy to skip. There's an app. It's free. There's a ton of free content on it. Highly recommend it. I do that every day. Interesting that you were initially resistant and then came, it came back into your life when it was the right thing. I found that a couple of times where I look at something and think, ah, maybe bridge too far is a good way to explain it. But um, things change and evolve and something that seemed a little bit hippy dippy. I remember when Madonna started doing yoga in like the early 90s or late 80s even. And people were like, what is she doing? You know, um, that certainly would not be the case now. Obviously, it's very, very mainstream, but things do change. Norms change. Ideas change. Yeah, you just have to be willing to laugh at yourself, I guess, <laughs> because I remember when this came back in, I was like, oh, this thing? Seriously? And it was just coming at me from everywhere. You know, some of the most amazing uh, mentors and colleagues that I have literally start meetings with five minutes of tapping. Wow. Uh, and so I was just like, oh, it's this hippy-dippy thing, whatever. And just finding <laughs> the shift to be remarkable. Um, and so, yeah, those are my things. Oh, and essential oils. Okay. My day is laced with essential oils. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. So we have five slash six things. Five slash Glass of water in the morning. Instantly get up, have a bunch of water. Have veggies before noon. Find your supplement thing and do that. Move. Train your mind. And then... Uh, uh, as you like, in, use some uh, essential oils. So that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like uh, Darlene and I are not super high on the scorecard <laughs> at this point, but reasonably, I feel like we are high. like four out of six people, three or four. I'm relieved that you set bad. the deadline at 21 days for habit because I was counting um, and I am 20 days into my new daily movement habit. So I've been doing the step thing for a while, but I've been trying to just make it a, a just a discipline, as you say, and uh, it's it's very transformative. I'm getting that point, but I'm very, uh, you know, 20 days is is not. I want to put it in context for our listeners. <laughs> I don't be like, yes, daily movement, mm-hmm. got the full point, you know. But yes, I agree with Mike based on all of the things we've discussed over this the podcast and the fact that we're focusing on high performance as a 
as a thing to learn about and get better at and incorporate into our day. I like the way you call it training your mind because I think lawyers Mm. can get behind that a lot more than meditation, which has a whole set of, um, you know, associations that maybe people have a little bit more of a struggle with, but training your mind, like we're good. We got that. We understand that. It's a great way to put it. And I was uh, listening to an interview with Sam Harris uh, this week. And speaking of weird hippy dippy things, he's like, if someone, if you talk to somebody like 200 years ago about the experience of going to a gym and working out for you, walk around, you pick up heavy (laughs) things uh, for an hour, (laughs) you put them down, you pick up more heavy things, you're extremely uncomfortable you are sore the next day. <laughs> it seems it seems like something that you would no one who would ever want to do that. It seems like that is whatever. Now it's normalized. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Everybody sees the benefits. We're not there yet on training our minds. And I love I, I love the phrase train your mind because it connotes that same sort of activity of like putting in time, long term, long term gains. It's not easy, but there's some stress to it. Um, that's all wonderful. So if I could just pivot, mm. so we understand our routine. Now, you know, could we could we chat a little bit about how to keep disciplined um, so we can get to the wonderful freedom uh, finish line? Yeah. Um, okay, three things. I love your lists, yeah. by the way. This is like Mike for oh sure does. I love <laughs> I love lists. I do. Um, okay, and I have to preface this again. All easy to do, easy to skip. Don't overlook things that seem like they're so simple that you could just let them fly. They really compound. Um, so first one is put it in your calendar. I mean, let's face it, everything we live and die by our yeah. calendars. You, yeah. like, if I if something happened to my calendar, I think that my like my kids would forever live at school and daycare. I would not see anybody. <laughs> um, so put it in your calendar, and so there's a space for it in your life, whatever it is. Um, and sort of tied to that, you got to make it easy. So, so setting it up for yourself, almost like, you know, if you, we all have kids. So if you're setting up something for your kid, you want to maybe help them lay out their clothes the night before so that they can start being independent with putting their clothes on in the morning. And so you're going to do the same thing for yourself. Where is your water and lemon oil going to live? Where do you where would be easiest for you? Is it on your bathroom counter? Is it by your bed? Are you gonna ha- do you have veggies in your home? Do you need to get you know like a fresh city or some other CSA delivery so you know you always have organic produce and it doesn't really matter what it is. You're probably gonna put it in the blender. That's the easiest way. I put celery in a smoothie the other day. It was amazing. Um, where do your supplements live? Like set yourself up. If you're doing movement, is there an app that you want? Um, is there a playlist that you like? Something as easy as Spotify and supplements somewhere where you'll see them makes a huge difference. So calendar. So and then the second one is get a buddy, get an accountability buddy, get someone you text every day to say, you know, points on this, no points on that. I feel like Mike is my accountability buddy then, but it's only sounds that way. <laughs> but it's only every two weeks, which would not be in line with that advice or week, I guess, every week to two weeks. Some someone who's in it with you, uh, and so that there's just somebody you have to tell. You know, it's like the most important relationship in your life is you know between you and you, and yet the person you are the most likely to cheat of you know, the, the good things is you. So you just need a buddy. Or, or uh, get a to, podcast to and you. repeatedly share that you're trying yeah. new things and getting someone to yeah. call you on it, which I've been doing. You have a lot of accountability buddies. Yes, buddies. totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last one is maybe the biggest one. And that is like, what's your why? Like, why are you doing this? Why would you do? Why do you want to be healthy? What's your intention? You want to you know, like be here longer with your kids? You want to be, you know, ripping up the ski hills with them in ten years instead of sitting in the lodge watching, drinking a beer. You know what? What is? What's your vision for yourself? And I think that, you know, that's like a whole that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> but um, but a really important piece is that, you know, there are the building blocks, but what we're talking about is 
the consistent aligned action to manifest your vision. So if your vision is a healthier, more balanced version of yourself, then hold that vision for yourself. Write it down somewhere. You know, write it on your bathroom mirror, stick a little picture somewhere to remind you that that's what you hold for yourself as your highest good. I love that because I find that the closer, the more that I focus on, you know, really enjoying what I'm doing and really, you know, I feel really compelled by getting out some of the messages about our profession and building a new model and all this stuff. Like I, every day just kind of think I need to be at my top of my game to do what I need to do, you know, in a day that's been so helpful for me just to be like, well, I could, you know, slack off today um, on the health front, but the cumulative effect of that is I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do. And I think it gets, for me, Mm. it's gotten a lot easier since I feel alignment in my career, my health, my relationships, like the more aligned I get with where I'm going, I find that the stuff gets easier and simultaneously more um, compelling. Because when you're in the wrong job or the wrong whatever, um, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to use wellness to kind of, um, you know, create balance when there's something really fundamentally wrong, I don't know that it hasn't worked as well for me in those situations. Um, but it's been probably the key to starting in those situations, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. And I think the key to making good decisions is you want to make them from a place of health and abundance and not a place of fear and right. lack. We don't always we don't always get to do that. But when you give yourself a good foundation, like what you're talking about is freedom right? Mm -hmm. And so the things that come before that are discipline and routine of making sure you've got those building blocks so that when it comes time to say, make a career shift or say something that's crazy. When I came back from my second maternity leave, finally had these two little people at home who made the costs of me being, you know, stressed at the end of the day too high. And I was finally brave enough to say, I'm only doing work that's really nourishing. Mm. At the end of the day, I want to be better than I was at the beginning of the day. No more crumbs for the most important people in my life, including me. Love that. Love that. I love, let's just, we have let's to end it right there. <laughs> we have to end it right there. That's too perfect. Oh my gosh. Uh, wonderful. I have to say, Rachel, you deliver information exactly how my mind takes it in. I'm so excited. <laughs> It's been wonderful for me. <laughs> we are Mike has like three summaries um, from this. So call. thank you for that. That's great. Yeah. You have given us a list of three things and then a sub list of five things and three things. And then we're at freedom. I love it. I have it written down in front of me. This is spectacular. Uh, anyway, so we are going to uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, Rachel is going to give us all a challenge. And we will also uh, talk about our goods and grapes. We'll be right back after this. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our challenge, goods and grapes. The challenge is a thing we're all going to try to do together for the next week or two. Good is a thing we want to promote and support. And grape is something that annoys us. Rachel, so excited to have you deliver our challenge this week. What is it? All right. This is a mindset challenge. So I talked with you about the tapping app. And my challenge to you, so there's two options. If you're going for gold, you're going to get the tapping app. Uh, I think it's called the Tapping Solution. And you go pick whatever you want on there sometime before the end of the workday. So don't save it for bedtime. The earlier you do it, the more of your day is better. So you're going to do the tapping and you're going to combine it with, you both revealed to me that you already have essential oils, so 10 points for both of you. Um, But if you don't have one, so grab any essential oil um, 
if you don't have one, get something that smells really good and pure. Because when you combine the mindset work with a more rich sensory experience, it works better. Uh, So that's my challenge to you. If you're super resistant to getting the app, um, you can take your three fingers and you just tap them on your forehead and you're just going to say, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great for a minute every day. All right. I feel like we need to have a video of Mike doing that for our uh, LLP Instagram. Why me? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think it would be good. Imagine the traffic of what is Mike doing? Um, Okay. Very interesting. We can do like a three, uh, one of those three panel Zoom calls that someone (laughs) with tech, tech ability beyond mine can somehow get on a social media platform. Oh my gosh. Right. I can like barely post to Instagram. If you ever see an Instagram post from me, just give me a high five. <laughs> I think. Okay. Can, I, can I jump in? Because I have a, a social media related good. Can mm. I pivot us to goods? Yes. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So you'll never guess. But my uh, academic guy crush, Adam Grant, who I talk about a lot. Yes. Right, liked one of our tweets on Twitter. What? What's up? Amazing, yeah, except you're not supposed to be on yeah. Twitter for your high performance objectives. <laughs> oh no, my personal. Twitter oh, your is personal gone, Twitter. But, but you... we we nevertheless have our podcast one. Oh, okay, okay, got you. All right, yeah, amazing. Anyway, very exciting. Adam Grant is on yeah. to us with our Lawyer Life podcast. Fantastic. This feels like you know when you're little and you'd write like your favorite athlete or celebrity like a letter. And then you get something back, kind of feels yes. Like and I'm very that's awesome. Yeah, good, good for. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nice to have your. What did you call him? Your my academic man crush. <laughs> your academic man crush. Okay, very good. That is a good. Rachel, do you have a good? I love that. I do, but I got to say that's like a perfect moment. Like that's a perfect opportunity for you, Mike. Take your oil, stick it on your fingertips, and just tap yourself on the forehead and say, "I'm doing, doing great. It right now. Doing, doing great." great. Yeah, you don't even have to convince yourself right now. You're like, you're already there. Awesome. Um, my okay. So, what do you want first, my good or my gripe? We're on goods, right? Yes. Um, I feel like a bit of a walking ad for these guys right now. But my my good is F45. Totally total January cliche, but it's this team training gym, and my favorite thing is that one at the end. I like I did it at the end of every 45 minute session and everyone high fives. Wow. It's, it's so cool. I've gone to so many gyms that I, I don't really like going to the gym that much, but I've gone and no one really looks at each other and everyone's sort of in their zone, which is also has a magic to it, but it's pretty cool. You do this class and then everyone high fives. And it's important to celebrate. That's great. Yeah. Very good. Right. Yeah. Why don't I will let Rachel do the goods and grapes today? So, Mike, why don't you do your grape and we'll end on Rachel's grape? Uh, <laughs> this is a weird grape. My grape is um, uh, when your comforter in your bed keeps falling <laughs> off the end of the bed. <laughs> you know, Mike's grapes are often uh, of the more <laughs> mundane variety. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that just like a specific thought from today, or is that an ongoing grape? It's an, it's an issue I have with my comforter. Hmm. I need a heavier yeah. one. No, one of those there's weighted the, ones. There's a weighted one or there's this uh, – I'm going to find it. I have no idea what it's called. I remember seeing the ad and thinking, who would ever need this? But now I know someone who does. Mike. Um, <laughs> where everything stays buttoned together. You know, your sheet, oh, your, it's all buttoned together. And so I don't even think you have to make your bed. I think you just sneak out. I think it just turns your bed into a sleeping yeah. bag. This is what I want. Well, I, will I will look into it promptly at the end of this podcast. It exists. Rachel, what's your grape? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, my grape is, I mean, it's sort of a big grape. It's not like a little thing. So did I do this wrong? No. Yeah, darling. Always Mine are always gigantic. large and uh, political sometimes. I shouldn't say. <laughs> okay. So, so, so my grape, okay. I have to back up a little bit. I set my, my one resolution for this year is no complaining and no negativity. I just, someone described it to me uh, late last year as an addiction. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's completely right. Yeah, 
I am yeah, just, I'm making a different habit. And it has been impossible. I failed on January 2nd. I'm complaining about it right now. And so my gripe is that I am so tuned in to complaining and negativity that it just sounds like nails on a chalkboard to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm so like, I'm really heightened. My awareness about that is really heightened. So um, it's just this, this bad habit and I see it everywhere. Um, and I, you know, hear it from myself. So right, that is my gripe. Actually, you're reminding me because last year around this time, we interviewed Mark Sakamoto, who is a lawyer um, turned executive turned uh, bestselling author. And he was on the podcast and he just completely said, you guys shouldn't have gripes. We live in Canada. We're super privileged. We should wow. have no gripes. And for a while, we actually, at his uh, recommendation, we didn't have any gripes, right, Mike? Correct. Then we brought them back because we felt that they were a vehicle for things that we needed to get out. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I definitely think that not only can complaining or negativity be um, addictive, I actually think it's this weird form of power and like you get into these relationships where that's your currency of conversation. Mike and I did an episode about that. Uh, recently. And uh, yeah, we're with you. 100%. You can do this. You can start again on January 17th. I mean, I start again every morning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, even better, even better, one day at a time. You know, one of of my mentors said, um, recently, she said, negative energy is just energy that hasn't been harmonized yet. And Hmm. So whenever I catch myself, like in the 25 times a day, I catch myself complaining even just in my own head. I mean, it's like a generations long habit that I have to break. Um, But complaining even in my own head, I'm like, oh, how can I harmonize that? Hmm. That's great. You're leaving us with a lot to think about, Rachel. Yes. That's for sure. Yeah. And some tapping to do and some, we have a bunch of things to do. So this is great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been really enlightening as I knew that it would be. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Okay. And Darlene, Rachel, uh, we will talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Interalia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.